Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And today's topic is finding and enabling your digital friendly culture. So when it comes to culture, we all know that there is no one size fits all approach to building it and or implementing it. There are some companies which may be there for many decades and they have figured out that that culture which gave them the longevity is the one that they want to stick to. And even going forward, whatever innovation that comes, they feel confident and thus they stick to the same cultural parameters and and hopefully they are finding success in it. But then there are others who have issues with that old Not the old, but whatever has got them the success this far doesn't look like it's going to take them forward and make them equally successful in this new, faster future ahead, which has got digital in its DNA. So when it comes to dealing with what we are dealing with today and how to become future fit tomorrow, the idea is to discuss on this show specific approaches to finding what is that holy grail for a specific organization and then enabling that specific digital friendly culture which will give them the best outcomes so to discuss this i have with me rohitashwa pant chief digital and information officer from shuler group hey rohit how are you good morning folks i'm doing well thank you Great, great to have you. So, uh, you know, as I painted the picture about culture, so let's talk about that case one where an organization which may have had many decades uh, of uh, successful existence and they've continually grown, etc. But then they could be finding it to be difficult for them to use the same cultural construct to truly grow and prosper into the digital future. So what could be hindering when they were so successful earlier? What stops them now? Yeah, great question to start off. So um, I think longevity uh, of a company is is definitely a sign of success, right? Uh, Your management and your employees have gone through uh, maybe decades of uh, uh, of periods and crises and have managed to succeed over this period of time. Now, uh, what what I have seen and what we've seen in our company is uh, during these periods, we've uh, the management has actively orchestrated their response, right? We've taken hard decisions. Uh, we've made changes. Um, and um, we see that the, there's a hindrance uh, to success if your employees never realized that we've actively orchestrated um, a change to succeed and answer to the crises. So to put it on the point, if your employees, their answer to a crisis is it'll pass off and the only thing you need is time, then you know that you have a culture that you need to change. But if you have employees who realize that over the last three, four crises, we've taken these these steps and realize that uh, we have, moved and changed to to be where we are, then your culture is right on the spot. Um, and and um, that's the culture you want to keep. So would you say if an organization has, and then you mentioned that, okay, just being there that long enough, uh, weathering all the changes that come in economy and other geopolitical environments is a success in itself. But just because you are around and hopefully growing at a reasonably good uh, you know, levels, the, the newer paradigm, which is enabled by digital, seems to be a different animal. What would you do to your very benchmarks of success? Or what do you think should be the benchmarks of success and or a company's uh, ability to thrive, not only survive in this digital future? What, what, what those new benchmarks be should be? Sure. So uh, I think one of the things that happens if you've been around for a long time is that you create your own echo chamber, 
Um, that means you've been talking to the same sales uh, customers. Your sales guys have been talking to the same customer touch points. You, your uh, R&D departments have been talking to the same partners. And that creates a kind of echo chamber over a long period of time. And I sincerely believe that the key is you need to break out of your echo chamber because that's what digital does to you. It makes you realize that you have uh, competitors and partners where you never thought they could be competitors and never thought that these could be partners for your new business. That's one. And the second thing you have to do is you have to realize that your ecosystem that you're working in is faster than you are. So there's always this feeling that, oh no, we are changing fast enough. But I think for us, the, 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 the cultural holy grail, if you want to call it is, say, always assume that your ecosystem thinks that you should be going faster, right? Um, and if you do that, uh, you will get the right urgency within your organization uh, to push and to change. See, you, you, I see your point where you're saying we have to see, you, you know, that we may not be going faster. And we're talking about culture at the same time. Imagine every day when you come in as an individual, as a team, as a department, and as an organization, and you start looking at what's missing. Mm-hmm. That also could have uh, a debilitating effect on the morale of the very people who are supposed to charge ahead and, yep. and muster the courage and or go the extra mile. So should we be worshiping what we lack or should we look at the art of the possible and say, this is where we can get, but that doesn't mean where we are is any less worthy. So it's a bit of both, right? So what you don't want is a fatigue in your organization. Uh, you don't want a situation where everybody comes into the office and the first thing he does is he lists down everything that they are doing wrong or they could be doing better. Um, on the other hand, you do need to go out there and have a feeling that all of these additional potentials is an advantage for you uh, because you've been there and you've seen how these things have worked out over the last couple of 15, 20 years and you've mastered these changes in the past. So, so pretty much the the changes do you see the change as a as a chance can you can you get your people to realize that that's a chance or can you get your people to see oh this is another risk and now i need to hunker down and and work against the risk and for us the interesting thing was we had to do or that's what i would also recommend any company you really need to go back to the basics and say what's your secret sauce Right. So a lot of times um, the companies which have been around for a long time actually never questioned what's what's it. What is their actually the secret sauce? Because they've been doing so many things so many times that if you talk to their 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 employees, every person gives a different answer. And when that happens, you typically have a challenge partnering with other companies because you're always insecure about what's your secret sauce because you always feel if I partner with this company, I actually lose relevance in front of my customers. And what we recommend and what we do a lot is taking it back to what is it that we do best and being sure about that and then making sure that for the rest, we can partner because we are still very secure in our relationship with our customer. So essentially, you're saying sticking to your core and outsource and or partner other things with other people. Um, partly sticking to your core, uh, but more importantly, being sure and having a clear common sense of what is your core and where do you want it to be in 15, 20 years or five years. In, in the digital space, talking about 15, 20 years is probably uh, not the right thing to do, but having a common understanding of what is your core right now and where do you want it to be in five or 10 years time. So if you look at our business, um, uh, we create press machines. And for us, uh, the core is the machine and the software which comes with the machine as well as the process intelligence, right? And having an understanding and saying that is our sweet spot. That's what we want to excel at. And everything else, 
you look at cloud, you look at um, analytics, you look at other parts. These are parts where we'd like to partner with companies. And we would not feel insecure that we will sell uh, a press less. Rather, we think with this, we become like the curator for our customers because the customer realizes that um, Shula will not only sell, sell you a press, but Shula will also include other partners as a part of their service to the customer. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. Now, a follow-up question to that is, or rather it's a fact perhaps, is you know the tone which is going to create, we created, it'll come from the top, right? So mm-hmm. whatever is the tone of the organization and the culture, the vision behind what, what that culture should be could come from the top, but the adoption will happen bottom up. So when you are looking at a very uh, stable or mature culture, if you will. So yes, you got to go and bell the cat. Perhaps that's the term I could use is to tell the management, hey, you got to wake up because if you don't look ahead and you have been looking ahead, but then things are shifting quite a bit more versus you being in your echo chamber. So wake up. Yep. That you do talking to the people at the top, but at the bottom are, are people who are essentially on the uh, front line. They also need to be uh, showing propensity to at least see it, find that culture or the newer culture, which you want to bring as palatable and showing sign of support. Because without that, it will be a cool discussion in the ivory tower, but we'll never see the daylight. So I, w- I would actually go even further and say that you need to have a CEO who's who's a convert. He has to be somebody who uh, uh, he does not need to be in the bits and bytes, but he needs to be some somebody who's passionate about about digital. You know, long story short, CEO patronage is key. It doesn't end there; it starts there. It needs to start with the CEO who actually. Um, is humble enough to realize that this is a new space that he needs to learn. Uh, a CEO who's re- ready to put his money uh, where, where his mouth is, um, and a CEO who's had maybe first-hand experiences, good and bad. So a couple of points, but I think uh, it needs to start with the CEO. If he's not bought in um, beyond the slides, you're going to have a tough time. Let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, We will be right back after these messages. And let's talk about the how. So we we spoke about what should happen. That means you should pivot or you should start changing uh, the culture. But the devil is in the execution. And it can be very challenging. You could fall at the very onset. Or if you lose sponsorship and support from the management, You could have problems after you've started with all fanfare, or there could be ongoing issues which could keep making it a sine curve of a ride, which is not what you want. So let's talk execution. What does it take to get started on this change management journey? What do you do to keep the sponsorship and support from the top management so that that change management really takes shape and and people start following through. And then finally, how to prevent the fatigue could just be caused by the very change management where some things are going well and others are not. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back and explore. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Rohit, 
it's a huge undertaking to do such a change management when many of the things in the newer digital world are not fully understood even by many within the organizations, including the people in the very who are, who are kind of leading this change management effort. So starting from getting the buy-in to keep that support and also not have a lot of turbulence around the around this whole change management could be a recipe for success. But you and I both know, and I'm sure the listeners would agree, that it's not a straight shoot type of a thing that you can uh, expect when you're doing change management. Sure. So what is the recipe that you have seen starting from the very beginning, which has been helping your organization in navigating through this? Yeah, so it's a huge under, undertaking. Um, um, I think it, it's in the selection of the words. Um, it's also a huge chance. Um, so I see most of the organizations which have uh, really delivered or are on the way of delivering have been ones which have um, seen it not like a burden, but uh, seen it as a chance to to push through changes that would come in any case and, and, and seen the chance to be the front runners. Now, I think... Uh, the how or the execution, my learning has been uh, threefold. So one is the successful companies have been the ones that have realized that uh, it's not a hundred meter dash and you don't have a window of opportunity. So everybody who says, I need to buy this AI company uh, in the next quarter uh, or I need to uh, do something within the next one year uh, is lying because this window of opportunity is going to be there for the next 10, 15 years. Having said that, everybody has to go through the learning curve. So the earlier you start, the more chances you have of being the one to profit most from, from that. That's, that's number one. The second on the uh, the how is and understanding, and that's been a learning by one of my past companies where, um, you know, the answer to uh, to digital transformation was, let's buy a company. And what we realized is, along the way, uh, capital expenditure and getting a company does not change the culture of your own company. All it gives you is another uh, startup, which you now need to integrate uh, within your structure. Um, and you actually, uh, that's the sure short way of uh, uh, destroying value because you buy a company at uh, massive uh, valuation. I'm sorry, we have an ambulance here. Um, and what that leads to is at the end that uh, in, the, in the process of buying that company, you actually destroy value. And third thing for us was the fundamental um, understanding that how you integrate such startups is fundamental to success of your digital um, vision, your digital ambition. And if you can get some kind of tick marks on these three levels, you are one of the few companies which are which is on a path to the right path to learning. Now, uh, when you've gone through this, so like one was is that you gave your playbook in a way, right? Mm -hmm. And when you set out on this journey and, and you started, of course, there is a lot of expectation and things with, with the hope that things will go right. Yep. But what could be the potential challenges one could almost anticipate or you would recommend that they uh, prepare for as as they would encounter because of a culture which is deep rooted, you're trying to move them to quite. It's quite a say, swing towards the right towards becoming digital ready. Uh, what what is that they should be prepared to encounter when they're going to get on this journey? Yeah. So um, the the first thing is you would. Counter what I call the lipstick on a pig uh, phenomenon, which is um, pretty much uh, the, the board decides to say we need to go big on digital, and suddenly everything else, which was uh, titled as uh, X Y Z, is now titled digital. 
and you pretty much um, uh, like greenwashing you your digital washing your initiatives um, i think that is one key challenge with starts which is um, hey uh, every project starts with digital and uh, suddenly you have more attention on the board uh, and you're not getting any help with that because uh, you know the it's like the emperor's new clothes at the end we are going to realize that the emperor is nude and then uh, then you have a problem so i think that's that's one uh, thing is uh, uh, ensuring that you're you're actually looking at new stuff and not just converting your old stuff and calling it digital um the second is a certain um fatigue in your uh, employee base through ever changing goal posts so uh, there's this intention to say so now we've got our digital strategy and now we know how things are going to be for the next 5 years or the next 3 years and giving that to employees and saying now you can rest easily and that's how it's going to be and you know what that strategy is going to change again in 3 months time not because the board or the the manager in charge wants to do it because that's how fast your your world is changing right and if you do not get your employees up to speed and um underline the potential there's a chance that every change leads to more fatigue and less um support for your topics so i would say these are two things that i would really underline as key challenges and if you don't um address head on uh, you might actually backfire and you might have a situation where you're 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 the one run, running ahead but uh, most of your employees are kind of just waiting for you to fail and see i like the fact that you are uh while you're a leader from the it side and since it is about digital of course you are vocal about this and i'm sure you champion this cause but then when it comes to this overall change in culture because it is not just about the it department or the mm-hmm. digital group it is about the whole organization so when we are talking about this change management becoming that digital first or a digital ready organization who should truly be owning this initiative and also take responsibility to to make sure what all you just said uh that people should be prepared for and or the the preventing the pitfalls and the gotchas and or motivating people they take responsibility of all of that so that the journey happens uh in the most predictable way possible as much as we can predict and also it is relatively a pleasurable journey even though we know change management is hard but it's a pleasurable yeah. journey so it keeps people's mojo up this is yeah. stay motivated so who yeah. should take responsibility and should own the outcome yeah uh yeah i'm i'm almost tempted to say uh, we should get everybody responsible uh in the c level but to be honest i think that's that's not the right way um the buck needs to stop stop some somewhere and uh so i'll answer that somewhat differently i think the patronage and the sponsor sponsorship needs to come from the ceo um he needs to he needs to set set the vision and and uh, get your back free and make sure that he's got your back covered uh, but the responsibility is with the cdo or the cio that's me and um now it's up to me in my role to make sure that i'm a team player uh, and i ensure that it's not something where it's just seen as a, a kind of a cdo execution i think the execution that's where you're probably alluding to that's a team team play amongst the c level so um if you look at what we do um we've got a we've got a uh, hr department we've got our cfo um uh, we've got our um software development team leaders of all of these departments are key players who support me in executing but the buck needs to stop with me if i am not successful in pushing that through i need to also come up with new ideas how we execute it differently um um yeah that's the way i see it but see when you mentioned about the execution and you said that other people should take responsibility how uh, well defined is it is your performance appraisal i'm just going to get down to the brass yeah, tacks yeah. if someone truly takes 
responsibility. It is not what you expect out of them. It is what you inspect. So first of mm-hmm. all, there should be some sort of a measure that may be happening. And secondly, there has to be a motivation. Sometimes it's intrinsic, intrinsic because they just love digital. Then that's why they will do it. But most people simply don't do it because that makes their life complex. It's new and it is sometimes unnerving. In that case, they will have to, there has to be like an extrinsic motivation, which could be their performance, their bonuses. Yep. The recognition, whatever other motivational factors that you can kick in. So is this truly as well-defined as I'm painting as a picture where everyone knows what exactly they're supposed to do and then they'll have a sit down with the HR or with the top leadership. They will have very concrete things that they can show that, yes, they took the responsibility and they did whatever was needed to bring the best outcome and also helped make the journey pleasant and pleasurable for all parties involved. Is it that? Is it that structured and is it that well-defined? It's not. I, I think... Um... This is a gray area, um, and I, I really don't know what it, what works and what doesn't. I can tell you what's been my experience. My experience has been um, uh, what we've done in, at Schuler, and b- which I would underline is that we have a clear metric. Um, um, we have sales targets, and the sales targets are shared amongst the leadership team related to digital. Yeah. And um, that means that that's a target uh, which is a common target for a, a bunch of uh, senior leaders who all know that not everybody is contributing 100% to that because he has a certain role to play, but we're all on the same boat. Now, I've also heard critique to that saying, hey, I can only contribute to this extent and the rest, uh, you need to get going. But that's fact. If we do not succeed in digital, that's a big challenge for the complete company. So we are on the same boat. There's no way that we're going to be successful as a company if you're not successful in digital. And I think that's the, that's the message that our CEO is putting across with that, right? He's saying that's a common target. We have to succeed as a company. If we're not, there's no way we are successful as a company in any case. That's one side of the, um, um, how we do it. Um, I've seen some other companies where they have um, very qualitative uh, targets in terms of, um, you know, uh, let's do some projects on digital, let's do, uh, uh, let's have some portal up and running, um, let's get customer satisfaction up and running. My personal belief is that does not work. That's where you start um, interpreting things. Um, you have to take the bold measure, putting some numbers in there, and you might fall on your chin um, the first time, but you would know what numbers to put in the next time. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about the very people whose life will be changed because one, of course, is the management. Of course, they would be doing things differently, but so will be the people who are within the organization and also our partners who will be in it together because none of the digital initiatives are all doing things within the organization. You always touch with the uh, partners. What are they looking for? Is it only about we sending to them a mandate that this is how digital is going to be? Take it or you're more than welcome to leave the organization. I'm sure that's not how organizations do it. That means you are trying to be inclusive. So as the discussions happen with respect to planning and ongoing feedback collection and course correction, what is it that we are hearing from our employees and our partners who are supposed to be beneficiaries plus also supposed to be active contributors towards the success? Please say to your listeners, let's see uh, what is in store for us here. Uh, Please say to Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, 
IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. People who are actually supposed to be participating, uh, who may be internal employees or partners, also need to feel uh, heard and also want to feel involved for them to continue with the required amount of energy and insights they can contribute towards how to make it the best possible initiative. So number one question is, how do you hear them? What is your feedback mechanism and or a communication mechanism which allows them to very openly and fearlessly share what's going on and where the things could be improved? And secondly, how do you get them to truly contribute at the best way possible. What have you done to that? And here doesn't mean only the internal employees, but also the partners because they have a vested interest. Yeah, I think um, what you're talking about is how do you demystify uh, this topic so that for for your employees, it doesn't become like this whole buzzword where you know, you have this privileged lot of, uh, you know, department which talks all digital and everybody else feels kind of left out um, or feels like they're they're not part of the game. They are kind of the uh, irritation uh, around. And I think um, part of it is true that this, this kind of feeling can come in an organization if um, you always value everything new and kind of give that impression that as long as it's got uh, a new set of buzzwords, uh, it's kind of cool. And uh, the new buzzwords make sense. The old buzzwords are kind of boring. Um, That's one side to it. Um, The second side to it is how do you get your partners excited? Because um, as always, partners are part of the game and they are a key uh, contributor to your success. So, what we have done, um, and I think that's really worked for us, is that we have been very clear to say that when we go this path of digital, domain expertise is the key for us. It goes back to our secret sauce. Our secret sauce is we have domain experts um, who've got the experience over the last 20, 30 years, who, who know the development of our industry, and we do not disrespect Rather, we respect this domain expertise to a large uh, amount, to a large uh, level. And the key job that I have is how can I bring that domain expertise with digital technologies so that I can create new products, new services, new solutions for our customers. So for us to execute on that is to make sure that when we are uh, creating new products, new solutions. Um, uh, we always have domain experts as part of teams who actually lead the teams. They are not a necessary evil who are just being heard and then ignored. They are actually driving the development of our products. And they are told that you are responsible for the future or the success of new products. That gives them a totally different level of understanding and um, um, level of uh, yeah uh, connect to the products and the success of what we're doing. That's one. When it comes to our um, partners, what we've realized is you have to take certain hard decisions. You have to realize and say there are certain partners who have not understood digital or they have not understood digital the way we have to we are planning to do, and we have to take hard decisions and uh, realize that with these partners, we cannot go further. 
And that's a pretty difficult conversation because you're coming at a point where suddenly you're saying a 20, 30-year-old old relationship does not matter anymore because you want to go into a different space. And in this space, this partner does not have any, does not have the right skills and the competencies to support you. Um, and that is more of a change management and internal uh, communication process. Because at the same time that you are saying that this partner is not the right one, you're actually bringing another partner to the game. And um, that is the process that we try to do very, very uh, closely with our um, procurement department and, of course, the R&D department. That's the only way you can succeed by having the two departments which are most closely linked with our partners also being part of the new solution and not being blindsided by a new partner whom they've not heard of. So that's something that we are doing. Um, and um, r- right now, I think that uh, that's, that's pretty successful in terms of getting our people involved and helping them uh, actually feel that they're uh, part of the solution and not part of the problem. And so, so one was that you were taking the time to demystify for these people, as you said, mm-hmm. Another is that they have questions for you, not just because they're confused, but they want to feel uh, comfortable because number one, they're still being measured about how well do they, they do the job based on the original sets of processes and procedures that were laid out for them and the benchmarks originally. And this is not truly that they signed up for, yep. but the company is going, so they want to help. And, and they want to be comfortable and feel empowered and enabled and not something dump on their plate. So what questions or what concerns are typically people raising, or we, you, you could, you could almost coach the listeners to say, Hey, beware, you will get these questions from these users. And this is how, when you tackled them, you were able to put their concerns uh, to rest and they were able to willingly, hopefully, hopefully willingly uh, embrace that change that, okay, while I will deliver to my existing targets and, and KPIs, I will still support this change towards digital. Yeah. I think the, the, the one fear that comes uh, most, most often is the fear of failure because you say, you know, you're suddenly asking somebody to do something new or enter a new phase and learn a new technology and um, the chances of failure are high, right? Um, And we have a very um, martial term that I use when I I talk about uh, this topic. I always say the guys who are trying out new um, uh, technology, they they are my kamikaze pilots. They're the ones who are taking the uh, the hit for all of us because they're ready to go that way. And by doing that, I'm actually respecting and saying when they make the mistake, they're making a mistake for the complete company. And they don't need to be penalized. Rather, by taking that step, they're actually doing something good for the company because that's one person who's taking the step and proved them this technology does not work for us. Rather than a complete department taking that call, and then realize, whoops, that was the, 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 the wrong step to do. So I think, um, long story short, we will make mistakes. We will have failures. We need to set it in, in a different context, right? The context is by having him take that shot or take that call for us, he's doing a huge favor for our company. Um, and we need to support him and not say that by doing this, he has failed. He's actually given us uh, new information so that we know what we need to do next. That's one that always comes up. The second that comes up is, I don't know enough about the technology. I, I, I know too less and um, um, uh, I, I need more time. I'd not be able to focus on the topics that I have uh, planned. Um, and here, um, we do a lot in terms of partner or um uh, programming where we have uh, an experienced programmer from from an external company sitting with um, our colleagues and helping around. So hand-holding um, uh, in terms of new technologies without saying, we let, uh, we let you kind of uh, do it on your own. Um, 
other than that most of the the, the other questions are not really very factual or uh, um rational it's more of a, a irrational fear that uh, you you're kind of being um you're going on a path where nobody's gone on um so that's that's a lot of conversations uh, that's a lot of um um having the back of your colleagues and celebrating small successes rather than uh discussing the 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 big failures um and uh yeah it's a lot of um, sometimes a lot of psychology involved now uh think about a long uh history of a company and while other things mature the processes the policies the people's expectations etc but an interesting angle is politics so politics typically is has a derogatory connotation but let's mm-hmm. look at the positive side which is a set of leaders whether business unit leaders executive management managers whosoever they learn how to fulfill other people's agenda so something gets done mm-hmm. that's maturity now when we are disrupting it when we are bringing change management while the processes the procedures the roles all of them get disrupted and so also does this political equilibrium which people were used to yeah and unlike other things which you can document you cannot document politics so when you have to get or rather reset that equilibrium or reach another type of equilibrium in digital where some things are so new and this will keep changing yeah so now you do not have so called you know an adjective i'm adding to politics a stable politics keeping the connotation as positive it can get ugly before it gets better provided you give it enough time for it to brew mm-hmm. how do you deal with that uh positive politics before it shapes up from actually killing and or undermining or hindering the initiative but you know what process this question uh we will come back from the break listeners and hear uh, rohit on on what his thoughts are today enterprise technology is both strategic and global Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. work.com You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjogal to learn more about our program. Please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Good politics, bad politics. Bad hurts us, good could help thing get things done. and over time when an organization has been around and its leaders have been around including their middle management they somehow figure out a way to work with each other help fulfill each other's agenda and as a result company moves forward come digital there could be disruption and digital by its very nature means continuous disruption how can we restore the good politics and minimize the ugliness that will surface while we get it stabilized yeah sanjo that's a um, that's a great question um so my experience is good politics uh, where you can get the complete organization going in the right direction or polarized in the right direction is very strongly driven um by customer needs so um if i had to look at all my 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 um career stops we always had the 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 complete management rallying around a topic when we knew that the the customer had already seen that as an imperative 
Yeah. Um, whether it be uh, moving to the cloud, uh, looking at analytics, looking at edge systems. And that's at that point, I think uh, the key job that we have as digital leaders is how do we actually pivot the complete organization to work in that direction? So if, to give you an example, um, if you had to say my customer is uh, convinced about digital as one of the areas that they want Schuler to work on, right? Uh, now, that makes sure that at a, at a leadership level, there's complete focus and a unity that we need to execute on that. At that point, my key job is how can I make sure that um, supporting departments, whether it's software development, whether it's commissioning department, whether it's marketing department, how do I make sure that all of these are pivoted to work together and not work against each other? I think that's that's almost a situation where you're, um, it's a healthy situation and it works quite well. Um, because you, you have a, a, you know, an, a, a, a polar star, which tells you that's where the customer wants you to go. Now, bad politics uh, or a situation which I've also seen in my past is if you've not clarified the roles and responsibilities of who needs to do digital, you're in for trouble from day one because everything you do in an organization can be called digital, right? Um, uh, I've been in companies where the CIO, CDO, and CTO, all three thought that they are the drivers for digital. Uh, The CEO did not really uh, step in um, and led to a situation where all the three left because... um, you know, with all the fighting at some point, you, you're tired of the fighting and uh, look on for green pastures. So I think bad politics is if within the organization, you've kept the topic of the responsibility and the driving roles unclear. That's one. The second is if you have uh, um, purposely kept overlaps, which lead to a situation where um, two or more departments are trying to develop the same piece of software code uh, um, architecture, uh, and they are kind of stepping on each other's toes. In in both these cases that I've mentioned, I'm passionate about the fact that organizational clarity will ensure that you will never get into bad politics. And organizational disclarity, if that's a word, uh, will lead to a lot of pain a lot of issues and redundant uh, costs being created and your company actually not moving forward, but staying where it is. So I'm sure you recognize that bad politics comes because the agendas are latent Mm -hmm. and people are not willing to expose them because that will take them away from their point of advantage. So you cannot remove but you can reduce its impact on the initiative. And yes, you could also work actively to work towards positive politics so that it undermines or rather negates the effect of the potentially existing or inevitably existing negative politics. So have you seen companies or rather leaders and mid-management, et cetera, being somehow swayed away from negative and more towards positive? Any tactics, any any approaches, any communication that has made them go that route? That book is still being re- written, Sanjok, so I think uh, <laughs> we're we are, we are not there yet. That, but my experience is um, what gets everybody going um, in the same direction is um, any kind of team play where you can uh, be authentic and honest that that you really mean team play. Um, so it's in my opinion, it's as simple as that. So as long as there's this, always this second guessing that um, this is not team play, this is uh, everybody kind of still driving the agenda and not being maybe also magnanimous about um, you know including other agendas in in their plan. You will always have bad politics, and that's what. Uh, separates a, a good a good execution from a poor execution. All right. So one last question. What do you think should be the actual uh, changes in the leadership mindset 
the commitment levels and the sponsorship levels at the very top so that whatever uh, the outcome that you're anticipating, at least you got the blessing, if you will, and the empowerment and the enablement ensured. Mm. At the the onset, there has to be a clear, laser-focused understanding that digital transformation costs money and it costs a lot of money. But, and related to that, there is no alternative to that. That's the only way forward if you want to pivot to something else. Now, um, we, we hear a lot of stories about uh, startups who've, uh, you know, uh, ma- managed to execute and uh, get their money back or earn what X amounts of money in two, three years. Uh, all those are stories that I think are just based in Hollywood. Um, the fact is that, you know, you really need to invest for a long period of time before we really see fruits out of that. I think that's one key message that uh, the management needs to be aware about. The second key message is it's much more all-pervading than somebody would want it to be. Um, And the management has to be open up for that challenge, which means um, in Germany, there's this... um, yeah, this thing would say, "Hey, you cannot, you cannot be a, uh, you cannot become a digital uh, cool guy by just wearing sneakers the next day, uh, while you've been wearing, um, um, you know, leather shoes and um, uh, being very formal the last ten years." So that means it's not just, um, it's not just something where you can um, touch upon with superficial steps. You really need to understand that digital will uh, effectively change your culture. And it'll change it from ground up and not be something which only means a few bells and whistles uh, in certain departments. And these two things, if you can embrace, I think you're um, on, on, a, on a good path going forward. Once again, thank you so much, Rohit, for sharing your insights and thoughts on how organizations can find that true north when it comes to digital friendly culture and actually also enable it. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. And listeners, hope you enjoyed uh, this conversation, learned a few uh, tidbits about what does it take. It's not a small undertaking, but I'm sure you're on the job in turning around your culture to make it digital friendly. So hope you got what you were looking for. Please connect with us on social media. Subscribe to our podcast. Once again, thank you for listening to CTN. This is your host, Sanjog All, signing off till next week. Take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.